When there's something strange in your spooky old house, who you gonna call? The Warrens. Also, curse the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Curse of the Podcast. It's been quite a while, but we are back here via Zoom. We've got, as always, Justin Percy. His ponytail. Oh. Yeah, just in the ponytail. Oh, we all went at the same time. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't. Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we've got Justin. <laughs> <laughs> you just never said your name. We've got my long-ass ponytail. <laughs> Got a long ponytail. We've got Frankie. He's still bald. I'm still bald, but I'm working on it. <laughs> We've got Christy. She's got a ponytail too. It's little though. I'm just gonna grow the ponytail. Just, 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 a rat the, tail. just a rat tail. No, it's my pad one. To, it's my pad one lock braid. <laughs> so it's been a while. Um, does anybody want to play what's been going on in their lives since last? Probably. <laughs> Probably pretty similar to everybody else. <laughs> yep, nothing. Not a lot. We have been gone for a while. It's good to be back and recording and seeing you guys through Zoom. Yes. Watching Justin play with his ponytail. It's just, I look like a fucking shrunken head. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Justin um, took the quarantine not being able to haircut to an extreme. I haven't had a haircut since January. Wow. Look at that healthy growth, though. You go. Right? I'm you actually. Go go. It was red in May, and it's, like, super faded now. So, like, half my hair is brown, and half of it's, like, dead red. And so I'm like, faded. I've got I've got green that I'm going to put into it. I need to go get a second box, because when I bought the green, I um, it was just enough for the amount of hair I had. And now it's real long again. Plus, get three. Get three boxes. Three boxes. Yeah. Super green. But it'll be, like, a green shape, like, tint. I'm going to look like a forest. Like a baby poop green. No, not baby poop. <laughs> pistachio green <laughs> yeah so it's been a couple of uh mentally taxing weeks oh yeah yeah you can say that again and we're back and we gotta try to get back into the swing of things what's um, the topic today the topic is ed and lorraine warren Ooh. Ooh. There are a lot of you have heard of Ed and Lorraine, especially because of a lot of the uh, films and adaptations of some of their stories and uh, their investigations. So Ed and Lorraine, um, if you don't know, they were a married couple uh, who also were paranormal investigators. And they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, other known as NESPR. In 1952. So they were around for quite a long time. This is actually the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. Wow. I did not know that. They say, I don't know if there's much truth behind this statement. I don't know where they got the facts. But they said that they did over 10,000 paranormal investigations and cases. That clocks. That clocks? That clocks. A lot. That's a lot of cases. That's a lot of spooky stuff. Oh, no, season. I've been alive. <laughs> I mean, that's probably true. Yeah, right? And so they, they wrote, they have a bunch of books. They wrote a bunch of books. Like I said, they, there's multiple movies and even TV shows that are based on some of their cases. Um, the one that I, the story I'm telling today, um, they're actually coming out with a movie for in 2021. Oh my goodness. Ooh. And is this going to be the Ed and Lorraine Warren story or is it going to be about, like, is it going to be a Conjuring movie or is it going it's to be a literally story? called Conjuring something something. It's the Conjuring, the devil made me do it. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, the, it's the devil made me do it defense. Like it's, they're talking about yeah, the actual gotcha. case from that. Yeah. I saw that in my research to, uh, today that they're making that movie, but I didn't read into it because I didn't care. Well, I'm going to tell you today later on. Spoiler alert. Do you, so what are your guys' opinions on Ed and Lorraine? What do you what do you think about what do you think about them? Well, I thought they were cool, but then I started doing research on my story and then I found out Ed wasn't that cool. <laughs> He's kind of an <laughs> asshole. So 
the guy that looked and dressed like a used car salesman was not a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know. You know, there's no signs yes, at all. No. Unfaithful to Lorraine, as uh, some may accuse. Did the devil make him do it? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's been a lot of people who have come out and said, like, no, like, they're full of shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's... That kind of tends to be, yeah, that's kind of my personal experience with it, because one of their biggest cases was, um, let me just pop out these retainers real quick. (laughs) With them in. Uh, Now now I can speak normally. One of their most famous cases was the Amityville Horror case, which they kind of ran with, but then as a lot of evidence has come out through the years, it was more than likely completely fabricated to sell a book. Yeah. So the fact that they kind of like stuck their name onto it and then said that, you know, hey, we were there, we helped with the investigation sort of makes me see that as them basically admitting that nothing, it wasn't real. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't encounter things in the past, um, but, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough line to watch. Yeah. I mean, because it just sort of showed to me that they were, that they were interested in the publicity of the Amityville horror house as opposed to debunking it if they had thought that it was fake which has people live in that house still so i mean if it was really that fucked up would you think anybody in their right mind would still be living there absolutely have you seen the paranormal community that's true like not in a bad way like they like they they changed the house like they changed the windows and everything to like make it not look like the amityville house yeah so I don't think people who live there actually like are super into that kind of a- that aspect of it. I think they they want they don't want people coming at all. Right. Well, it's just like those people that throw pizzas on the roof of that house from Breaking Bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, ridiculous. My it's funny because all of the things that you guys are talking about regarding them are literally the same things that are in my story. Well, like where it them. wasn't as bad and they like embellished and but I'll get into that. Justin, do you want to jump into yours? Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about probably the, probably the case that I personally think has got a bit more credence because there's been other people that have investigated it. Okay. Yeah. And I am talking about, I would call it probably like their, their biggest or most well-known of the cases, and that's Annabelle the doll. Oh, Annabelle. Um, yeah, so with the... Annabelle Dahl, she was, the first time the Warrens came across her was in the 1970s. They said in their story, I'm, I'm putting it in, in the, the words of the Warrens. You like that. It's alliteration. Yeah, words um, of the Warrens. That a, a nursing student was gifted the doll in the 1970s and that the doll slowly began acting strange at the house. Like it would move around on its own. It would leave like messages written on the walls and to the point where it was like it started to attack the young nursing student Mm. um, leaving scratch marks and things like that eventually ed and lorraine warren were called in of course that's why we're talking about the story Mm -hmm. and they determined that the doll was possessed by a demon and that they needed to take it because they weren't quite able to exercise the demon because at that point ed warren was not ed was not ordained or he was never actually ordained, but he was considered by the Catholic Church after the events with the parent house, which we've talked about in the past. We've watched The Conjuring. He was then um, provided and recognized as an official exorcist after that. So he, they took the doll and they put it in a glass cabinet and they kept it in their museum, which no one was allowed to enter. People were allowed to enter it eventually because cash grab. <laughs> I sound so cynical. Oh, um, but there have at certain points been other experiences some of the crazy things that have happened around annabelle which is why it may lend itself to actually maybe having something evil attached to it for instance uh there was a young college couple um and the guy came in with the girl and they were like dating and they're they're oh we're watching 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 ed is walking him through the stuff and he gets to annabelle and um, ed is talking about how she's evil and to just stay back, don't touch the glass. And the college kid walks up to the glass and basically says, I'm not afraid of you. Fucking do something to me. Prove that you're real. And I would Ed, never goes, get, Ed, Ed goes, get the fuck out of my house. You're out. Yeah. So the, the dude and the girl 
leave and get on his motorcycle. Shit you not, not two hours later, the dude is dead because uh, of a motorcycle accident. So it's like a little fucked up. But I'm getting to another point, which is there's some questionability about where Annabelle, the, de- the demon that resides in Annabelle, we're just calling it Annabelle, uh, currently resides. Because uh, a couple years ago, the current owner of Annabelle, which is M. Lorraine Warren's son-in-law, brought Annabelle to Zach Bagans' haunted museum for a special episode of Ghost Adventures. And watching the episode, and you can see a lot of things, Zach is very, very much being um, kind of enticed by the doll. It's talking to it through a, a paranormal pup device and through their EAVP stuff, and it says his name at a certain point. And he, and he starts talking, he's like, I feel like I want to touch her. And you can hear the sunlog saying, don't touch her, don't do it, absolutely don't touch her. And all of a sudden, like, there's things happening, and Zach just touches her foot. And they're like, they were watching on the SLS camera, which is uh, the, oh, I forget, it's a light sensor. I forget what the first word, I think, spectrum light sensor, something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can see it, it, it maps. It's, it's a retooling of the Xbox Connect, and it, connect, and it can map uh, figures, even ones that are not visible to the human eye. Um, which I've had seen it happen in real life on my own connect. Pantshittingly scary. Um, so they've, they watch it and they see this thing on top of Annabelle, jump on top of Zach. And um, as soon as he touches the foot, as soon as he touches the foot, it jumps on top of Zach and there's no more activity from Annabelle. So there's a high possibility that the demon that is from Annabelle is now in Zach's haunted museum. And that's Orange. wild. Or inside oh. Zach himself. Well, that's possible. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I love ghost adventures. Like, oh, me too. I, me too. I started to. But <laughs> the amount of times Zach has been possessed is the... And then just how goofy he can get. <laughs> I love like, when everyone was like paraphrasing that one on TikTok that was like, I really want to kill you right now or whatever he says. He's like, but come here. Come here. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> Well, I want to hurt you right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was that movie, the um, the one about the house in um, what was that Flint, not Michigan? Uh, it's Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. I finally watched it. Demon House. Demon House. It's good. Yeah. It is a good. It is a good documentary. It's an um, uncensored version of Ghost Adventures. And yeah. Aaron. Aaron was like, "No, nah, fuck that. I'm not doing this one." Yeah. No, it's good, but there's there's that point where like there's the uh, the older gentleman who's down the basement, and then Zach gets possessed momentarily, and he feels like he wants to attack him <laughs> down the basement, and he does this weird like fake lunge thing at from behind his back that he like turns around since I was able to suppress my urges. But if you watch it, it looks it looks like a twelve year old boy trying to like pump fake somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's pretty goofy. You want to go? You want to fucking go? Who the man? <laughs> that's so embarrassing. Um, that's interesting though. Oh yeah, I mean the the fact that they got those people that pissed off Anvil died. Yeah, it's it's weird, and it's not. And she, those aren't the only like. I, I feel like there's been a couple other deaths, but I can't find the actual documentation of like this happened. Of course, there were the movies, which are a bit more. Um, they, they, I hate the movies because yeah, they made her look terrifying in the movies, and she's literally just her raggedy and all. Yeah, not that I would ever touch her. Don't get it twisted, but <laughs> but she's not as terrifying right. as they well, make her seem. I think that the story is really creepy, and I think that if there's a possibility of one of one of the cases really happening, there's a lot of evidence uh, leaning towards Annabelle being something being yeah. attached to Annabelle. Yeah, but if we're gonna talk about like haunted dolls. Robert the doll. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is. We'll get to that. that We'll talk about that another day. Yeah. Um, But I'll pass it along to Frank. I got it. I got you. I I actually think that this case is a little bit believable too. It's not so much this uh, a haunted house as much as it is a haunted person, um, or possessed person, so to speak. So, and I'm going to. Well, I'll get to that at the end. So this is the South End Werewolf. So William Ramsey, or Bill, was born in South End, Essex. The first time any sort of strange happenings about Bill 
began around 1952 when Bill was nine years old. Bill was outside in his family's back garden when he felt a strange sensation. Now, that could be a lot of things, but it felt like a blast of icy cold sweeping all over Bill, and sweat froze to him, and a terrible odor appeared that almost made him throw up. So, apparently, only two things came to his mind when this happened to him. Running away to become a sailor and wolves. He had run to his garden fence when his, with his mother calling him. Apparently, something grabbed a hold of Bill's psyche, which caused him to have an incredible rage. And he ripped a fence post out of the ground with his bare hands and began swinging it like a club. And again, this child was nine years old. You mean, you mean his wolf hands? His wolf, you're right. Wolf <laughs> For a second, hands. I thought you were going to say that he ripped it out with his bare teeth. That would be fucking insane, wouldn't I it? I was about to be like, what? Yeah. But so never mind. His parents had a difficult time uh, disarming their child. And soon after they got the fence post away from him, he began to gnaw on the wire mesh of the fence and was growling in a deep voice. His parents ran inside and waited until Bill calmed down. So they're like, you know what? This is out of we, out of our wheelhouse. <laughs> we'll just let him kind of sort himself out. And uh, they closed the sliding glass door and just watched him be a wolf out in the backyard. <laughs> so, and then nothing happened for 15 years. Okay. Bill got married and had three children. For the first two years of marriage, Bill was troubled by nightmares. In his dreams, Bill was always a few steps behind his wife, who would turn to look at him, then flee in terror. In 1967, the dreams ended. Eighteen months later, Bill woke up one night hearing the terrible sound of a dog or a wolf panting in his bedroom in the dark. It turned out to be himself. Ew. Yeah. Wait, like he was seeing himself, or he woke up and he heard himself? He, he woke up to panting in the room, and then he realized he was the one doing it. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. So 15 more years go by. This is a long, this is a, a slow burn of a horror story. <laughs> yeah. So, so far we're 30 years into the future from when he ripped up <laughs> this fence post as a nine-year-old. So in 1983, Bill is drinking with some friends at a pub. After a few drinks, that icy chill comes back. He excuses himself to go to the bathroom and checks himself in the mirror. And to his surprise, he saw a wolf staring back at him. On the car ride home, Bill began to growl and snarl, then attack his friends, trying to bite one of their legs. The driver pulled over and tried to get Bill out of the car, but Bill's rage finally dissipated after a few minutes. Another how, do you, how do you ride back with your friends with your friend after that? I'd be like, no, you gotta run. You wanna be a wolf, you gotta run home. Get the fuck out of my car. Hey man, they're all drunk. They're probably, it's 1983. He's like, oh, Bill's been a fucking prick tonight, huh? Yeah. If it were 2020, Bill would be on Wolf TikTok. Yep. Yeah. Bill was just trying to make them all stop driving because they were all drunk and nobody should have been driving. It's true. Or biting their legs. Mm-hmm. If somebody doesn't listen, you have, to, you have to have a last resort. True. This is my last resort. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> the fucking shit! No Brayden! <laughs> I had to crack a cold one. All right, so another 18 months go by. <laughs> Just before Christmas, uh, Bill begins to suffer heart attack symptoms. He checks himself into the, I wrote emergency room. <laughs> emergency room. He, just, he checks himself into the emergency room, and halfway through a blood pressure examination, Bill bites the shit out of the nurse <laughs> and runs through the medical ward like a crazy man. Oh, when, no. Witnesses claimed Bill had hunched shoulders and both hands had curled into claws. His lips were bared like a rabid wolf. Any person who came close to him was knocked down easily with what appeared to be superhuman strength. It took a where was it? it it took a mob of people to overpower him. Then a police officer managed to handcuff Bill, but it wasn't enough. A tranquilizer was finally used. Bill was allowed to leave the next morning as he was there voluntarily, but he was back in about two months. In January of 1984, uh, where was it? Bill checked himself back into the hospital after feeling another attack coming on. 
He attacked his nurse that was alone with him, and by luck, four police officers were there at the hospital. Ramsey wounded one of the officers so badly, he was in the hospital for four days. Oh, my God. Wow. Again, Bill was advised to stay and check into a mental hospital, but he said, nah, I'm good, and he left. <laughs> You'd think this dude would be like, there's, there's an issue here. I keep wolfing out, biting people, and uh, it's causing like you, some issues. You would think that he would get 5150 for fucking attacking a cop so bad he was in the <laughs> ER for four days. It's true, but this is in Essex, so. Yeah, different. Different. Here he would have been shot the, mo- the first time he was running yeah. around like a wolf. Yep. So in summer of 1987, Bill had just made a citizen's arrest of a local teenage prostitute and was driving her to the police station. Sure, sure. Bill. Citizen's, <laughs> arrest. citizen's arrest. AKA he didn't want to pay the bill. Yeah. Once he, <laughs> once he parked, she ran into the station and Bill felt the sensation of another attack building. An officer approached Bill, considerably larger and stronger than him, and asked Bill what he was doing. Bill threw the huge man to the ground and began choking him. It took 12 policemen to <laughs> hold him down and two tranquilizers to finally stop him. Jesus. So this is, yeah, so this is documented. This motherfucker fought 12 cops and it took two tranks to take him down. So unless- Do we know... What he looked like, though, was he like a stronger guy? Apparently not. not. Better, but... Apparently he's just, he's still alive. Like you can you can look him up, but uh, yeah. So so ten days of countless MRIs and X-rays and psychiatric psychiatric tests come back inconclusive. No one knew what was wrong with him. Finally, Ed and Lorraine Warren stepped in. I I do have a, a an idea of what was wrong before Ed and Lorraine show up. Okay. PCP. I was going to say that unless he was fucking freebasing PCP with his hooker. Have you ever heard of Angel Dust? Angel Dust. Yeah. Sherman Hemsley. <laughs> so Lorraine figured out that Bill was possessed because, of course, at this point, I would have been like, yeah, it sounds, sounds about right. He's hucking cops around like nobody's business. So they got a hold of the South End Police Station and had a dialogue that was open between Bill and the Warrens. The Warrens convinced Bill to come to their church in Connecticut and go through an exorcism with their own specialist, Bishop Robert McKenna. Bill agreed and made the trip with his wife in 1989. The night before the exorcism, Bill tried to strangle his wife to death. Oh, shit. It, he was thankfully He's trying to go out with a bang. Yeah. During the exorcism, the service was conducted in Latin for half an hour before Bill's face contorted and his hands torn claws. McKenna commanded the demon, demon. The demon. <laughs> McKenna commanded the demon to leave, and the werewolf attack. Uh, the werewolf attacked McKenna before disappearing. So this entity came out of Bill, that formed shape of werewolf, and attacked him before completely evaporating. This event was apparently recorded. So somewhere, some way, some way, there is a recording of this exorcism. It was his Patronus. It was his Patronus. It was, <laughs> <Kate>. <laughs> it, it was his persona leaving his body. And persona, I can't. <laughs> since then, Bill Ramsey has had no further bouts. And he is still alive. Wow. What was Man, that um, true life? I'm a werewolf forever. <laughs> As yeah. all things, it's all things except physical, I am a wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh. Okay, I'm it. not not in a mean way. He's kind of a fugly dude. Bill Ramsey? Really? Yeah. I'm going to Google him. Not the singer, right? No, not the singer. It's the first Bill thing Ramsey that shows up is Bill Ramsey. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that dude is a fucking werewolf. Look at him. Yeah, he's a werewolf. He looks like the kind of guy who'd be fucking up cops. This 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 fucker is British. Yeah. I, <laughs> yep. I could just hear. I could. I see his picture, and I know exactly what he sounds like. And he turned into a werewolf. <laughs> he's crazy. I turned into a werewolf. It's crazy, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Love. Isn't it? 
You sound like you're from, our, our, you sound like you're from London. Our three people from Europe are going to be so upset. <laughs> Don't worry, I can do a British accent if you wanted. This is my um. Oh wait, uh, my John Lennon. That's, That's about pretty say, good. Zachary Lennon. And then uh, I am the walrus. Someone say Ringo. Ooh, Ringo star. Ringo. <laughs> a Ringo ate my baby. Did someone say Ringo? <laughs> All right. So that's that's my uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren story. I think that sounds pretty legit. Yeah, especially uh, if there's documents of him like throwing cops around. Yeah, because <laughs> I've I've read a bunch of like possession cases, and some of them the the ones that are the, have the most credence to them are definitely the ones that have witnesses. And this yeah. one was was a bunch of cops, you know, fighting a guy. So that's definitely a police report. You know, it's the same thing with that that story we were just talking about, Demon House. How there's a ton of med- there's a bunch of medical professionals that saw these things happen, mm-hmm. and it's documented. That's th- those are my obviously. I, I feel like I sh- in this t- in this world in today's age, seeing the facts is not enough for a lot of people. But yeah, that's enough for me. Count the ballots. Count the ballots. He's a werewolf. <laughs> so that's my Ed Lorraine. Well, I can go next, Kate, unless you want to go. Up to you. I'll go. So the one that I chose was the, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, but the Snedeker House, which is the house that the haunting in Connecticut was based on, which is one of my favorite. Connecticuted dots. What? Did they Connecticuted the dots? Yeah, they did. And this made me really sad when I read about it because that whole movie's a lie. So just, you know, there's that. So the Snedeker family rented this home. It's a duplex hey. in Southington, Connecticut in 1986. <laughs> what? Two duplexes on a single podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the family consisted of Carmen and Alan, who were the mother and father, and they had a daughter and three sons. One of the sons named Philip had cancer uh, of the immune system, which is Hodgkin's lymphoma, and they moved to this home to be closer to the hospital for him. So the family claims that they didn't know prior to moving in that the house used to be the Hallahan funeral home for multiple decades. Mm. Uh, the family found out when they started to explore the home for the first time and found pools that were used by morticians in the basement. Carmen claimed she had never seen the basement before they moved in, due to renovation materials that were blocking the staircase that led to the basement. However, the former owner and their in-house neighbor who lived upstairs said that he made the family fully aware of the past of the house before they had ever moved in. And after they made this discovery, their son, Philip, the one that was sick, uh, started to have terrifying visions and started to see ghosts around the house. So after he started seeing these things, it really ramped up from there for the family. Uh, Carmen and Alan claimed, and this is a direct quote from them, that they were raped and sodomized by demons. And one day as Carmen mopped the floor, the water suddenly turned blood red and smelled of decaying flesh. She said the water was blood red. I mean, a deep, deep red. It made my skin crawl. I started getting nervous that I was ruining the floor. And that was like, "Mm, so you saw that? first worry yeah you saw that though and you kept mopping with that water like that's the weird thing to do well yeah Um, and especially like i i I feel like they sort of opened up with the most heinous thing mm -hmm. by saying that they were raped and sodomized by demons but then we also saw a bucket turn blood red yeah you know what i mean that was wild (laughs) yeah and then that that actually gets more of a of a remark right. from her that's weird right um so in the movie the haunting in connecticut which i'm sure all of you have seen um there's a scene where the son philip notices that the dishes have been putting themselves away but this was actually happening to the mom carmen she said that she would the dining room table would be clear of all dishes and I then love that that's tight right but then when she came back, there would be dishes, like, on the table that she knew that she had cleared. Oh, that's odd. Yeah. Fucking so gaslighting like, gas no, no, ghosts. This is my job. <laughs> Please. Please. Um, the, li- <laughs> the lights in the house would flicker on and off, even if there were no bulbs in the socket, which 
when I read that, I was like, why wouldn't you have bulbs in the socket? And then I found out that Alan, the father, had taken all of the light bulbs out of the house because the children kept leaving on the lights and he was tired of the high utility bill. Wow. So everyone's just, just going to hang out in the dark? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, you ruined um, it for everybody, kids. No one gets yeah. light. <laughs> <laughs> just unscrewing all of the light bulbs in the house. So uh, Philip and his brother slept in the basement because the upstairs rooms were too small for them. And they actually slept in the casket display room down the hall from the former embalming room. Oh, my Lord. And Bradley said that his brother would spin him around on the gurneys that were down there before he knew what they were. So, like, his brother never, his brother knew what they were, but he never told his younger brother and would, like, they would fuck around all the gurneys down there. Oh, what a dick. That's how you <laughs> um, get fucking haunted. Like, there's some, there's, yeah. there's a couple things in life where you look at what somebody's doing and you're like, yeah, you're going to get haunted. That's one of them. So uh, they said that Philip's demeanor changed drastically while living in the house. Uh, according to his family, he, came, he became really dark and violent, and he even attacked his cousin, Wendy, which resulted in him staying in a mental hospital for 45 days. Which, goddamn. Um, and this was really disappointing for me. I mean, I guess not that disappointing, because it's, it would be horrible if this really happened. <laughs> but they, unlike the movie... In the movie, they found, like, a bunch of fucking bodies in their walls and shit. Mm-hmm. And apparently that never happened, but they would find, like, pictures and items and toe tags and head tags of, like, deceased people throughout the house, which is equally as bad, but, like, not as bad as finding a bunch of bodies in the walls of your home. <laughs> that's, that's fairly true. Uh, yeah. So, so after are you saying that Hollywood lied to us? They straight up lied. They're not allowed to do that. They said it's based off a true story. Hollywood can't lie. They have to tell the truth. Yeah. Are you telling me? Wait. Are you telling me that the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't exist? There is no Wakanda. I hate to break that to you. Oh my god. I understand if you have to leave. It's, it's, it's fine, guys. Just shattered your whole world. Um. So after the the family started getting tired of the shit that was going on in their house. They contacted Ed and Lorraine Warren, who came in and immediately told the family that it was infested with demons, which, of course, they're going to say that. Everything's um, infested with demons. Always. And the landlady claimed the stories that the family told about the house were ridiculous. According to her, there had been no one who had any issues in the house before them or after them, and the family continued to live in the house for two years. So that's kind of like, for me, like the Amityville one. You know, yeah. they're talking about how horrible it is, but yet you still stand and live there for two years so yeah and this one i wrote um this is a direct quote from an article because i didn't want to summarize it because i wouldn't do it justice but the snedeker story first came to light in a horror novelist ray garton's 1992 book in a dark place story of a true haunting in an interview in horror bound magazine garton discussed how the true story behind the haunting in connecticut came about Garten was hired by Ed and Lorraine Warren to work with the Snedekers and write the true story of their house from hell. He interviewed all the family members about their experiences and soon realized that there was a problem. He said, I found that the accounts of the individual Snedekers didn't quite mesh. They couldn't keep their story straight. I went to Ed with this problem. He said, oh, they're crazy. You got some of the story. Just use what works and make the rest up. Just make it up and make it scary. Martin, who had accepted the job, expecting to have a real true story to base the book on, did as he was told. Uh, He said, I used what I could, made up the rest, and tried to make it as scary as I could. Yeah, I really, like, that movie is terrifying, but whatever happened to them, I don't think was... Like, it is creepy that they lived in a house that was a funeral home, and there's definitely, like, hundreds of bodies that came through there. But it's not like anybody was murdered there. And right. no one else had any problems, and they still lived there for two years, so it couldn't have been that bad. Yeah, first of all, don't move in a, to a place that was a... Well, they claim that they didn't know. know. Like, don't do that, because we've, we've already seen, um, whatchamacallit on Netflix. Haunting the autopsy? Of... Huh? The autopsy? Haunting a Blind Manor? Which one? There's a bunch of things with... Uh... The first one. Oh, uh, Hell, Hill, House? Uh, Hill House. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I couldn't get through that because it, it was too spooky for me. Too a spooky. Don't watch it by me. myself. Like every time, and she worked there too. And it's like every time she went down to do her job, her family was coming back to life. 
some, <laughs> some spooky shit. I, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That seems a little suspect to me. But also in the movie, didn't you find out that like the mortician was doing some, was actually killing people? Yeah, and I looked at that, but like there was nothing really on that. I'm pretty sure that was probably just Hollywood because it this place was a funeral home for, like I said, decades before they turned it into a duplex. Also, I just have to say my favorite piece of trivia about that movie is that the sequel is entitled The Haunting in Connecticut 2, Ghosts of Georgia. Yeah, it's such a... Not, what? Not a haunting in Georgia. A haunting so, in Connecticut 2, Ghosts of Georgia. I think... So I think that movie was uh, actually written, the screenplay was written for something else, and then they just tacked on The Haunting in Connecticut title yeah. onto it um just to make money but it, it is kind of a stupid ass name <laughs> good stuff hmm interesting yeah so that's all i got my turn keith my turn my turn so uh this is the story of arnie johnson or you know arnie johnson and uh the Glazel, uh, Glutzel family. Um, Arnie Johnson and Debbie, uh, Glutzel and their family, um, have like, they've been in, uh, they've done a bunch of interviews. They've been on a bunch of, uh, TV shows, um, about their accounts of their firsthand experiences with demons and possession. Um, so they went to uh, move into this new rental property and they were cleaning it um, before they moved in. And David, one of the children, claimed to see an old man who pushed him and the old man vowed to hurt his family if they moved in to the house. Fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. So the rest of the family just thought he was making it up so he could get out of cleaning with them and you know he so he could go fuck off and do whatever he wanted um but david continued to see this old man um even after they moved in and he also saw him appear as this demonic beast that would like speak in latin and uh threaten to take his soul holy crap yeah um none of the other family members ever saw anything strange but they did hear um noises coming from the attic Huh. Um, so after, after a couple weeks of David seeing this stuff and, uh, David starting to act weird, they finally decided to call the Catholic church, church and have them send out, um, some priests to, uh, check this shit out. out. The, yeah. Find out what the dealio is. Maybe the 411. 411, you know, um, and David had been like waking up with scratches and bruises. Um, his family would uh, like one member of the family would stay with him during the night. Um, and he would like convulse and twitch and get all crazy. Um, so the priest showed up and they're trying to like bless the house. Um, and they're just like, ah, yeah, this is an evil house. (laughs) Evil ass house, yo. You you gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta run. Um, But David still continued to get worse. He started having these visions during the day, not just at night at this point. Um, And finally, that's when they called Ed and Lorraine Warren to assist them in this matter. Um, And Debbie and her mom um, told the Warrens that they had witnessed David... um, being beaten and choked by invisible hands. Um, yeah. Um, after he was done getting murked on. Getting fucked up by ghosts. <laughs> he, they, um, they saw red handprints on his neck from where he was being choked. Um, and David would start to growl and recite passages from the Bible, but he would use different, different voices. They described them as otherworldly voices um and he would have uh, spasms and convulsions and lorraine said when she went there first thing she saw was this black mist 
um, appearing right next to David. And apparently that is an indication that there is a, an evil spirit. Um, and the Warrens said that, that David had not just one possession, but multiple possessions. And they um, subjected him to three what they called small exorcisms. <laughs> Do you want a small, medium, or large exorcism? That sounds cute. I'll take two. Right? Um, and they, they said that when they did these exorcisms, that David levitated, stopped breathing for a period of time. Okay. And displayed, yeah. And, and displayed the ability of um, precognition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was specifically the murder uh, of uh, that of Arn, um, Arnie Johnson, and hmm. the Warrens took this very seriously and even contacted the local police to warn them that this was going to happen. And uh, Johnson claimed to have been targeted by one of the demons during David's exorcism, and. Uh, it started following him around and he said at one point he was driving and the demon co- took control of his car and ran him into a tree. It's a good way to get out of a DUI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and luckily like he was unharmed, but he knew. And then he um, went back to the property and found a well. And this well that I guess Ed and Lorraine, the priest, everybody said, Stay away from this well. It's not a good well. <laughs> it's, it's got doo-doo in it. It's not That's a good well. well. Um, Wasn't dug right. <laughs> um, that's the septic tank. Um, no, I guess uh, he went and he looked inside the well and he made eye contact with the, de- with, uh, with the demon. And it pick him up, and, and that's when he was possessed. And that's when he got possessed because he made eye contact with the demon that was living in the well. Okay. Um, and even Debbie was saying that she uh, she could see that he was slowly showing signs of being possessed. Um, oh he would God. lose track of t- like he would have like these weird uh, outbursts and whatnot, but he would not remember them. Um, so anyway. I'm going to um, pull some facts off the Wikipedia page about this murder. Yeah. Um, so, like Justin said earlier, this is, the, this is called the, the Devil Made Me Do It case. Um, and it's the first case in, US, in the U.S., um, which this was the defense to prove that he was innocent. Oh, my God. On the, uh, for this crime. So it was on November 24th, 1981 in Brookfield, Connecticut. Arnie Cheyenne Johnson was convicted of first-degree manslaughter for killing his landlord, Alan Bono. So this is what happened. On February 16th of 1981, Johnson called in sick to his job at Wright Tree Service and joined Debbie at the kennel where she worked, along with his sister, Wanda, and Debbie's nine-year-old cousin, Mary. Bono, the couple's landlord and Debbie's employer at the kennel, bought the group lunch at a local bar and proceeded to drink heavily. After lunch, the group returned to the kennel. Debbie then took the girls to get pizza, but instead, but insisted they return quickly, um, anticipating that there would be trouble. When they returned, Bono, intoxicated at this point, became agitated. Everyone left the room at Debbie's urging except Bono, who seized Mary and refused to let go. Johnson headed back to the apartment and ordered Bono to release Mary, and Wanda recounted the following events to the police. Mary ran for the car as Debbie attempted to mitigate the situation by standing between the two men. Wanda tried in vain to pull Johnson away. Johnson started growling like an animal, then drew a five-inch pocket knife and stabbed Bono repeatedly. He died several hours. A pocket knife? Yeah. Oh, my God. A five-inch pocket knife. I mean, I guess technically if you put a knife in your pocket, it's a pocket knife, but that's that's a significant size. If you're Um, pocket, it's a sword. (laughs) <laughs> listen to dice hooligans so uh let's see um according to johnson's lawyer bono had suffered four or five tremendous wounds mostly to his chest 
and one that stretched from his stomach to the base of his heart. Jesus Christ. Johnson, Johnson, Johnson was discovered two miles from the site of the murder and was held um, at the Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, or Bridgeport Correctional Center on bail of $125,000. Damn. Woo. And this is the first murder in history of Brookfield, Connecticut. Wait, say that again. That was the first, says this was the first murder in the history of Brookfield, Connecticut. Holy shit. That's Houses. crazy. Well, I mean, they know a small town. reported yeah. murder. And it, it, this was in the early 80s, and his bail was $125,000. That's a lot. It was pretty heinous. It was like a, it was a big case. Well, the judge didn't buy a shit, and neither did the jury, so. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> you go he still jail. only served, like, two like two or three years. What the fuck? Yeah. You know what's crazy? Um, off topic, but on the topic of Ed and Lorraine Warren, I was watching these YouTubers who go around to, like, haunted places and stuff, and they went and stayed at the Conjuring house. Mm-hmm. And I guess two weeks prior to them staying, so this would have been about a month ago, um, there was another guy who was like investigating the property and a spirit box led him into the forest and they found a cemetery that no one had known was there before. Oh Lord. That's wild. It had graves from like the 1870s and 1880s and stuff like really old graves back there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cool. That's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. You look wild right now, Justin. Yeah. It tends to happen. It's my like wild. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I remembered something that um, I needed to talk about. Frankie knows what happened. I'm going to be using some code names, in a sense. So um, during the couple first couple weeks of October, I was working at Mervin Medjins <laughs> <laughs> Drive Through Haunt. Okay. Um, okay. And you know. Kate went through. Kate, what was your experience? Did you? I heard about it. It was not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: the very opening that they used their little documentary thing. Because if anybody went through, there was a documentary moment was like showing some imagery, including real imagery from a real satanic ritual. Oh. Also. And in case anyone's wondering, the person that created this haunt is the same person that created the blackout haunt. I don't even know what that is. I do. Frankie. It's an it's an extreme haunt. Yeah. Oh, is that one of those ones where they like fuck you up? Basically, then... you're by yourself the entire time in pitch black, and there's naked people. And okay. Um, yeah. Did did Char do one of the years at blackout? No, she never uh, no? did blackout. No. Okay. Like, that's like the McKamey Manor type shit, right? It's not as bad, but... It's... Not as bad as McKamey, but it's still there. It, okay, you're, cool. you're, you, can, you can read walkthroughs <laughs> of it, and they'll tell you what happened. It's, it is intense, but it's not like... It's not, it's not scary gross. for what a haunt is. It's, it's more of a, oh, we're putting you in the dark, and there's also people that are naked and will vomit on you and throw things at you and make you put your hands in toilets. It's the whole thing. Okay. So anyway, this person used some imagery that was actually from a real ritual and brought in some dead cars. I was in a zone where I walked around and smashed on cars because there was supposed to be some story, but you know, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. And so I would walk around and scare people with these dead cars and I would start inside the car. Now, randomly, I started feeling pain um, a couple days after. It was like a Tuesday and we were Sunday and then two days off. And I looked in on my arm, and there was this massive, massive bruise um, that looked like a handprint, like someone had grabbed me. No one had grabbed me. And I sent Frankie a picture. The first one, it actually doesn't look too bad, because I went back and looked at the one I sent him. Oh, yeah. And then I took another picture. It got worse and worse in the days. It continues to look like someone was holding onto my arm. Um, so it turns out there might have been some real dark energy in the car that I would chill in. Um, and I'd love to say that it was just me that had this happen, but a friend of mine who was in that first section where they played the, the drive-in movie, yeah. um, he had a handprint, um, like something had grabbed him on his calf. And, you know, this was probably the only haunt that I've ever been to where I did not fear getting grabbed by a guest 
Yeah. But just I, demons. Just demons. I did end up quitting. Yeah, I don't I mean, there was, there were some other things happening as well alongside the getting this bruise that looked like it was like, it literally, like someone... Send us the picture. I want to see it. Oh, I'll pull it up right now and I'll post it when we post the, uh, the, the podcast. So here's like after two days, come on. Oh my gosh. Jesus. Yeah. And that wasn't even the one I sent Frankie. I sent Frankie another one that was like, you can see the finger yeah, marks on one That's not Frankie. a little bruise. That's like, that's, that's pretty, like, yeah. Right. And but the, you would remember doing that to yourself. Right, especially because the placement was on my underarm. Yeah. There was no, yeah. nothing I could have done to, to do it. Yeah, it's gnarly. So, it was really weird. Um, there was a lot of really weird energy there. And uh, I'm glad I left when I did. Yeah, me too. Um, if I had a whole ass demon, we would have had to give you three small exorcisms. I would have been juking at people. Like, <laughs> oh, I stopped myself from attacking you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hurt you right now. Fake pumps, pump fakes. I, no, don't worry about it. I don't want to hurt you right now. Right now. <laughs> I want to kill you, but I'm not going to hurt you right now. Come here. Not now. But, but not later. Now, but come here. <laughs> but yeah, that was like my really creepy, like, it, it was just a really random thing. Like, normally I'm, I'm fine, but I, I don't know where the bruise came from, how it happened. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. A haunting in Orange County. Yeah. Well, let's sign off. Justin's Justin... ghost bud. <laughs> <laughs> let's sign off, and then Justin, I want to hear more about that experience. Um, <laughs> uh, for legal purposes, I can't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. I never signed anything. I could tell you all the nitty gritty details if I wanted to, but I don't want us to get in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, guys, thanks for coming back. Or if it's, you know, if this is your first time, sorry, there's better episodes, I'm sure. <laughs> nah, don't sell yourself short, Kate. Y'all, y'all, y'all picked a banger. It's been a long time. It's yeah. been one week since you looked at me. <laughs> um, All right. Well, I'll do the, the, the housekeeping. Yeah. We're on Twitter at Cursed Podcast. Uh, we have a Gmail account if you want to send in some listener stories. That is cursedpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Curse of the Podcast, and Facebook, Curse of the Podcast. And you can catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Google Play. <laughs> I'm sorry, just watching myself with the hair. Um, and I am not going to cut my hair until uh, vaccine is uh, created. So Beautiful. my hair's going to be down to my toes. Hopefully not too much longer. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise I'm going to look like a lady. A beautiful lady. You could be a bearded lady. The bearded lady. Justin yes. is a pretty girl. Thanks. True. Well, True. I hope you enjoyed it. Give us a like, a subscribe, rate us five stars. Yep. Please. Or Helps none. With our algorithm. None no, too. If you, got some, if, you have con- if you have constructive criticism, Go for it. We love it. Yeah, we, we love it. We love it. And uh, <laughs> that's all on my end. Thumbs okay. up. The, 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 that's all, folks. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.